0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. It's Saturday. Saturday. What are you doing? I'm, uh, I am I took my first tennis lesson this morning after what is now probably at least, at least 19 years of picking up a racket. I mean, I've picked up a racket since I was Sixteen, but I, I I played horribly on my high school tennis team back in the day. Um, I was terrible, but my high school, you know, basically had a rule that they could never reject anyone from a sport that you went out to try out for. They just probably would never use you <laughs> on the field. Um, I remember I, they did use me on on the courts, but it was, um, I was always against like a freshman when I was a junior who would kick my butt. And, um, the other team members sort of didn't like me because I was the weak, I was the, the weak link on the team, but I really loved tennis. What, what can I say? I was just happy to be there and, um, I love the little outfits. I love the sneakers. I love the racket. I just love the whole thing about tennis. Um, and of course, uh, Wimbledon just ending now. Um, it's a good time to pick up tennis again. I I feel charged. I feel excited. And I'm sharing this lesson with my brother because we want to be so money about it and save. And it's fun to do it with somebody else. I think Um, it takes a little bit of pressure off you as you are perfecting your game. And I do intend to perfect my tennis game. So I hope to have more good news for you as the season (laughs) goes on. We signed up for about 10 classes and um, it's a lot of fun. So, Uh, It's Saturday. So as I always promise, at the top of the show on Saturday, I go first to iTunes to pick a new uh, person to receive a free 15-minute money session with me. So I'm going to just excuse my typing. I'm doing this live. Man, okay, I'll go to the iTunes store. And this was quite the week for reviews. I think that for some reason, lots of people were motivated to uh, leave reviews. And I'm going to select not a Pari MC, Nata Pari MC, uh, left a review on July 14th, called it changing lives one interview at a time. And the review says, listening to So Money has changed the way I think of money, finance, and economics. I grew up without an inkling of how to budget, save, or do anything with money. When money was discussed in my household, it was as if it was a bad thing to have. It was also a huge emotional trigger for me. Over the years, I've tried to learn about finance, but was difficult to figure out how to apply it to my everyday life. I've been listening to So Money for the past month and I'm soaking up the information from the interviews and Farnoush herself like a sponge, listening to the ways others have used money as a tool to enhance their life has drastically changed the way I view my own life and what I am capable of. Thank you, Farnoosh. You've changed my life. Oh my gosh. Wow. You know, I don't I don't demand that you write nice reviews. But this, I couldn't have asked for a more glowing (laughs) review and a more touching review. Really? I changed your life? That's, that's, I think that's a very generous statement. And I think that certainly my guests are inspiring and they inspire me and they've changed my life in some ways too listening to all my amazing guests talk about how money has been a tool for them but also an inspiration and a drive so if it's it's changing my life i'm i'm no doubt that it's uh touching other people's lives and maybe even changing other other people's lives so thank you very much for that review um i'm sorry to hear that money was such a sort of pain point for you growing up. But you know what? That's that's not uncommon. And so let's talk about that. Let's connect. Let's do a money session. Email me, farnish at somoneypodcast.com, and we will connect very soon after that. So thank you very much for leaving that. And I, I have to apologize. I was going through my inbox and realizing, man, I have a lot of A lot of questions I haven't gotten to. So if you've been leaving a question for me over the last two weeks, if you've left a question for me over the last two weeks and you're like, Farnoosh, seriously, when are you going to answer it? (laughs) Today might be the day or tomorrow, today or tomorrow. I'm trying to catch up big time. And so um, there's like dozens of questions. And, you know, typically I don't do more than six or seven per episode because after that it just gets to be really long. So I'm going to try to be very quick uh, and, this time, I haven't really prepared much for these questions. I will be honest. It's been a crazy week for me. My husband was out of town. My nanny was had the flu. So I was single parenting for much of the week and trying to work. So it was uh, it was a little messy. <laughs> for those of you who were on Periscope, you might have seen my little random Periscoping with my son, Evan, um, one afternoon. It was a little crazy around the WeWork office uh, near Wall Street where we are, but uh, such is life. Evan was the happiest he was ever this week. I think he just got a lot of spoiled mommy time, um, which means I didn't get much work done. So I'm going to be answering these questions kind of off the cuff, and um, that's just the way it's going to work today. We're going to start with Andrea. She says, Andrea we're going to start with Andrea. She says, I've had a Roth IRA for about five years. It only recently occurred to me while listening to So Money that it should be probably rebalanced. Uh, but I have no idea the best way to go about that. Are there good tips? Does, things, do, does doing so often involve paying fees? Should I just wait till I find a financial planner? For what it's worth, it's through the Franklin Templeton Fund. Uh, but then she says, you don't have to mention that if you don't want to give a company shoutouts. Ha ha. Oops. Okay. Well... It doesn't matter. Um, I think, Andrea, you could probably call the fund or the fund manager or the 800 number that's attached to that particular fund, the customer service, and ask about rebalancing services. And I don't think it should cost anything. I think this is pretty uh, standard now. Um, the other thing you might want to do is just, you know, Still talk to somebody there and be familiar with your allocation in terms of the percentage breakdown, you know, what percentage am mine stocks, what percentage am I in bonds, blah, blah, blah. And then um, make sure that uh, this person knows that every year you want to rebalance. So maybe it's just a matter of scheduling a call with them on the phone and they will do it for you over the phone. So definitely doable. You just have to work with your fund and the team there. And hopefully they can offer this to you for free in some capacity. Good question. All right, moving next to Alicia. She says, hey, Farnish, I love your podcast. You'd liven up my commute every day. I need help with where to go next with my money. I'm making a great salary. I invest in a 401k. I have an IRA, a good stock portfolio, and some money market accounts. I know I shouldn't be sitting on my savings, which at this point contains well over a year's worth of expenses. Um, I know my money should be working for me, but I just don't know where to go next. I love my job. So a new business isn't right for me. Do you have any recommendations on how to get more of my money making money? Thanks. Wow. That's a really good question. I feel like I was in the same boat as you a while ago and I'm probably still, I have more money in cash than I probably should, but I'm a mom now. And I feel like I just want that security of knowing that cash is liquid and accessible. And so, um, I'm in, I'm investing that money right now in a home renovation. I'm going to be depleting some of that, <laughs> some of that cash savings. Uh, but that's how I'm doing it. And for you, I think the question you want to answer for yourself is: What do I want to accomplish in the next couple of years? And it may. My answer here is not you know open up such and such index fund. It's really how can I invest this money into my life, into myself, to um, to have it. Uh, pay back in other ways. Perhaps it's personal growth. Perhaps it's real estate. Perhaps it's, um, uh, you know, travel. Something like opening up a college education account for your college savings account for, your, for a kid that hasn't even been born yet because I did that <laughs> with Evan because I'm crazy. and But it's going to help us out a lot once he's ready to go to college, let me tell you. Um, so it's really about thinking along the lines of what do I want What is important to me in the next couple of years, um, you know, you say you have more than a year's worth of expenses. Well, you know, if you have a year, that's good. That's solid. I wouldn't do anything with that. If you have a year, let it sit, have it be accessible, let it be liquid. Anything extra that is icing on the cake, maybe it's something that you do something fun with. You go on a vacation. You know, I'm just throwing ideas out for you, but there's really no wrong answer. I mean, the wrong answer would be perhaps that you – just buy crap with it, stuff that in a month you can't even remember what you bought with it. But it would just, so I would say just try to think of some meaningful things. doesn't have to necessarily give you a percentage return that is definite or foreseeable, but that it does make you happy. It makes you um, feel like you're living your life to the fullest. How's that for off the cuff? Um, Stephanie says, I'm a freelance business and financial writer that has had some success in the national media. Curious how you've made the shift from being a writer to a personality in the financial space. I would like to do the same, but I don't know how to take that first leap to find media and speaking engagements beyond those at a local level. Any tips? Well, Stephanie, very, very timely question because I'm actually coaching people on this exact thing on the DL, I'm not really promoting this. It's not like flashing on my website screen. I'm not, you know, sending emails about this constantly, but I am putting together a small group of uh, men and women who want to do exactly what you've told me. You know, I want to get to the next level. I want to uh, become more of a go-to expert in my field. How do I break through? And I've amassed a lot of insider intel over the last 10 plus years of doing just that. And I want to be able to connect the dots for people. But uh, I would say, you know, you don't have to work with me. I'm not trying to um, (laughs) convince you to pay me to work with me. I'm just going to say that it's very coincidental that you brought this up. But if you're interested, email me. But I would just say to answer your question, for me, what was pivotal, what was really the catalyst for getting me out there in the media in a big way was having a book, a published book. So you say that you are a writer. I would say work on a book, you know, work on a book idea, survey the market, survey the landscape, see what's out there, what's missing. How can you be a unique voice? How can you be a standout voice? And think about packaging a book to get. you know, whether you go through a traditional publisher or you self-publish, um, that's up to you. I think both have its pros. So that for me has been my ticket. It's been the best way for me to launch my career. And looking back, it was the absolute best choice that I ever made with my career was to launch a book called Your are So Money. And that led to other books. So that's what I would say to you. So good luck. And if you have any other questions along this line, don't hesitate to reach out. Farnoosh at SoMoneyPodcast.com. Okay. Rebecca, I graduated from law school with $192,000 in student loans and I currently still owe about $150,000. I'm not married and I'm in my mid-30s. My concern is that I have nothing saved for retirement. My employer does not offer a 401k. Up until now, my focus has been on paying off the student loans. I would love your advice on this. Uh so Rebecca, I would say, you know, if your company does not offer your 401k, you can always open up a, an individual retirement account, either a traditional or a Roth. Depending on your income, I would say if it's a if it's a below like six figures, you would definitely qualify for the Roth IRA, which is a great vehicle to save for retirement because the money that you invest in the Roth IRA grows uh and can be withdrawn tax-free in retirement. So Uh, that's a great perk. Um, The traditional IRA, you can deduct uh, the investment that you make from your taxable income today, but then in retirement, you pay taxes on that. So I would say, if you don't have a 401k at work, look at an IRA outside of work. You can open up one virtually at any financial institution, bank, brokerage, credit union. So if you're already at a bank that you love, start there. Okay, Great questions, guys. Okay, Sam, what is your advice for investing extra money? I have managed to save up to, I've managed to save up uh, three to six months of expenses as an emergency, and as per my budgeting every month, we'll have two thousand dollars left over. Where can I invest that so I can gain some residual income through that investment? Hmm. Well, you know, on the show, I don't give investment picks or investment ideas, so. uh you know, I would say if you don't have, but I, I can speak broadly, if if you don't have a retirement account, you might want to look into opening up an IRA, like I just uh, was talking about. Um, and, and within that IRA, looking at index funds, ETFs, uh, you might want to, we've had on the show um, some guests that have talked about peer-to-peer lending. Um, that's something that, if you can create a diversified basket of loans that you are Uh, basically giving money towards investing in, those can be um, an interesting investment. I don't know much about it, but sites like Prosper and Lending Club can get you to – create a very diverse basket of investments and that in quote-unquote investments are other people's loans that you're funding not entirely but maybe you're giving ten dollars here fifteen dollars there two hundred dollars there and um the return might be uh might be a nice one so that's something else I might look into I mean I don't really know what's going on in your life do you have a, a mortgage that you ha- uh, that you could put an extra payment towards every year that could reduce your interest over the long run it's not going to be an immediate kickback. But in the long run, you will save a lot of money because you'll knock down the term on that mortgage uh, effectively and you will save money on interest. So, you know, these are all things that uh, are putting your money to good use. So let me know what you decide to do, Sam. I'm going to move on to Natalia. She says, I would like to know all the ramifications of bankruptcy. I was counseled to file bankruptcy because the banks that own my loan will not agree to the short sale." We've been in limbo for about two years. My other debt's comprise of a rental property that I own with my ex that is rented yet losing money, Uh, $60,000 in credit card debt where I'm the authorized user, and my ex is the holder of the card, $95,000 in tax debt. I'm currently trying to start a business. There is not much overhead, and I don't plan to incur debt to get it off the ground. I would like to know how this will affect future opportunities. My gosh, Natalia. This is an episode. I mean, I uh, for of, of so many. I, I feel like there's so many um, implications here. Potentially, um, you know, I would say talk to a bankruptcy attorney. Invest a couple hundred dollars to have a one hour sit down with a good bankruptcy attorney, and that person will lay it all out for you. At the same time, maybe you want to talk to also a financial planner. Um, in concert, those two individuals can help you tremendously. What I do know about bankruptcy, and it's not a whole lot. I, I don't know all the intricacies of bankruptcy, but I will say that it's gotten a lot harder to excuse your debts in bankruptcy. The, the laws have gotten a lot harder. So just beware of that. Um, you're more likely to be put on some sort of repayment plan unless it's deemed that you are in just absolute dire straits. So uh, that is my understanding of personal bankruptcy. But people who will know a lot more than me will be worth your time and money to help you with some of these questions. And I would say a personal bankruptcy attorney and a personal financial advisor. Good luck to you. Okay, we got a question here from Olivia. She asks, uh, great to hear Joe on the podcast. Yes, Joe uh, Saul Sihai. He's the co-host of Stacking Benjamins. He said, that she's, uh, Olivia says, I also enjoyed your visit to Stacking Benjamins a couple of weeks ago. I've been struggling with financial impatience recently. Now that I'm on track with all my goals, I think a side hustle could speed up my progress. Um, as a pregnant attorney with a two-year-old, I have very limited free time, but after much research, I've decided to jump headfirst into REI, Made My First Offer. I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on side hustles for the busy professional. On the real estate side, I'd love to hear an interview with the guys from Bigger Pockets. Okay, so definitely gonna reach out to the Bigger Pockets guys, because I like getting your uh, recommendations for guests. By the way, anyone listening, if you have people you want me to interview, let me know. It's not always a slam dunk, but I definitely will make an effort to reach out to those folks and let them know that my listeners wanna hear from you. Um, your other question about side hustles for the busy professional. You know, if you're not insistent on doing side hustles that are tangential or directly correlated to your profession or your big skill set, strong skill set, I would say do what's easy, you know, do what's convenient um, and do the, it, it, we call it a hustle. But if you're a pregnant, busy attorney that's got also a two-year-old, I mean, you've got a lot, I had a, just a few days of trying to manage a one year old on top of my job and I'm not pregnant and I'm not an attorney. So I can only imagine what your day's like. But just try to take the like the hard work out of the hustle a little bit. And um sometimes it's just a matter of like doing something that's passive income. Like I just had a woman on the show who was selling clothes online, making lots and lots of money. Um you could it, You know, you could, when you're away, rent your home out to, on Airbnb. You could, you know, you, did you know that you can rent your car? Um, yeah, there's an app for that. You can rent your car when it is in not in use for the app by the hour, by the day, by the week. Um, I believe it's called RelayRides.com and they actually will give you the insurance as well. So if the car gets ruined, it doesn't touch your personal insurance. So, I mean, you're telling me you're a busy mom, you're a busy professional, you're expecting another baby, you want to make a little bit more money. Try looking into these other, you know, side gigs that are not super time consuming. I've talked about on the show a lot before and I have no affiliation with them, but TaskRabbit, I use them a lot. Um, you know, this is a site where you can go on and find jobs in your neighborhood that you could perhaps fold into your afternoon routine on the weekends. You know, um, somebody needs uh, some items picked up at the grocery store or they need your help with um, maybe some professional legal advice. And that's something that you can freelance on the side. Hmm, that might be something that you could start to slowly advertise, you know, it's just that you're out there as a legal professional Um, you could start, you could do like an hourly fee. I don't know if your employer would allow this, but that would be something cool too. So again, just, uh, initial thoughts off the top of my head. Um, but thank you for your question and good luck with your pregnancy. All right. We're going to, um, do a couple more questions and then wrap. Vance says, I would like to know what is the best way to pay off credit card debt and then save for retirement. Well, I would say don't try to do one or the other. I mean, try to do both at the same time if you can. I don't know how much credit card debt you have, but if you haven't saved anything for retirement, uh, that's a concern for me. I- I'd like to see that you are addressing the credit card debt to the best of your ability, meaning you are perhaps addressing the highest interest rate card with a... Uh, more aggressiveness, you're not just paying the minimum on that card, you're paying triple or quadruple on that card and then making sure that the other cards with the other balances are being paid on time as well. And and whatever little money you have left, putting that into a retirement account because the earlier you get started with saving for the future, the the happier you'll be when you get to that future, the more appreciative you will be, the more money you will also have to uh, show for it at that point because of course with compound interest starting early makes a big difference, and so um, I would try like to see a bit of a hybrid approach if you can, and like I just finished talking about um, with Olivia, I would say try to maybe find a side hustle to pay down that debt really fast. You know, call it like a, a debt side hustle. I did this in my twenties. I babysat and did all sorts of things, and. That money primarily was helping me pay off um, some credit card debt. So if that's something you have time for, that's also a smart way to address the debt here and now and quickly um, get back on track with retirement. And I would say that once retirement is more of a viable savings uh, bucket for you, pretend that the debt is still there. Whatever money you were funneling towards the debt, funnel it now towards the retirement, And then we've got a question from Taos. Well, actually, it's a a comment and a question. Farnoosh, I can't stop listening. (laughs) I've read almost every book mentioned by you and your guests, including all three of your books. I'm becoming a little obsessed with personal finance. Who knew? My question is, my mom only started saving for retirement five years ago. She's 60. She's about to inherit a large sum of money, about $100,000. What would you recommend she do? Annuities? High interest savings account? Keep it aside and max out an IRA every year? She probably won't retire for another 10 years. Thank you for all you're doing with this incredible podcast. Well, thanks so much. And that's a, you know, your mom, mom's pretty lucky here. She got a nice little, um, surprise nest egg. Oh gosh. I mean, I, I don't know about annuities. I certainly am not schooled enough in them to recommend them. And from what I read about them, what I've been told about them, they're very complicated vehicles. So, um, if, if it if it's very complex for me to understand, I can't even imagine somebody who's not you know entrenched in the world of personal finance to really get it and and uh, with confidence invest in them. High interest savings account, yeah, I like that. Keep it aside and max out an IRA every year. Could also do that. I, I think all of these are all these savings ideas are good ideas. I think that the thing about um, you know being sixty and wanting to retire in the next ten years is that. Um, You don't want to obviously put this in aggressive investments, you know, because this is money that she will likely need uh, soon. And by soon, I mean in the next 10 years. Um, I don't know what other retirement assets she has. Does she have a 401K? Does she have um, a pension? Does she have other IRAs? Will she be getting a nice social security check? And when will she plan to tap that? Also, think about what are her expenses that maybe she could use this money to pay down? Does she have a big fat mortgage that maybe this hundred grand? could help to reduce so that her costs then in retirement are are kept at a minimum. So I would say look at uh, some savings opportunities, whether it's, you know, an IRA. But even if you do the IRA, what I want her to say, pretty moderate with the investments, you know. Um, definitely can do stocks to an extent. I would say, you know, at 50 years old, you don't want to be more than half invested in the stock market. I'm talking about, like, stocks, mutual funds. Um the others I would put, the other 50% I would put in cash like investments, bonds, money market. Um, and so, and depending on what else she has secured for herself for retirement um, and how locked up that is, this might be money that she would like to keep very liquid so that it is accessible to her. Um, and not knowing what her healthcare costs might be, that could be something that will be very, very helpful for her. Uh, soon. So, uh, good question. Thank you so much for your commitment to the show and to uh, reading all of my, my guest books. That's awesome, Taos. And I think I'm going to wrap it here. I definitely have, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. I have like at least 10 more questions, but I'm going to try to get them to them tomorrow. Thanks everyone for tuning in. All of your questions were excellent. And I apologize if it was a little off the cuff, but it's been a crazy week and I just really wanted to, um, you know, get to these questions and respect your queries. And if you have any follow-ups for me, you know how to reach me, Farnoosh at SoMoneyPodcast.com or just go back to SoMoneyPodcast and click on Ask Farnoosh. Thank you so much. Hope you have a great rest of your Saturday and hope to see you right back here tomorrow. Hope your day is so money.